What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Very Dependent Podcast, where we depend on the Very Day and Black for our everyday vibes. Today, we cover the leaked Austin FC 2024 away kit, our 2024 heartbeat of Austin wishlist, and discuss the media narrative for Austin as we approach match day one, all before closing out the episode with the stoppage time rundown of the hottest Austin FC, MLS, and World Footy storylines of the past week. I'm Logan Bartlett, a.k.a. Lobar. Logan Jones, a.k.a. Lojo. What's going on, everyone? This is Paul, a.k.a. Low Paul. All right, let's get it, boys. Real quick before we start, how was y'all's weekend? What y'all get into? What'd we do? It was pretty fun. I don't think I really did much. Just kind of uh, grandparents are big Ravens fans. So, you know, mm-hmm. I went over there and watched a game with them. That ended up pretty depressing. Uh, but, you know, spent some oh, time no, with Han. the grandparents. I know. Poor Russ. <laughs> he was he was devastated. But uh, I bought Dude, them some water burgers, so it made up for it. Dude, there you go. Of the year right there, bro. <laughs> right. That's it. That's it. That's awesome. Yeah, similar, oh. similar vibes, man. I think it was... Um, it was like go see your grandparents weekend or something because definitely did that um, Saturday and then pretty much just kind of hung around uh, afterward, watched some football and um, yeah, oh, yeah got dude. to listen to you guys uh, talk about your bets. I was about to bring it up. Lojo, did you win anything? No, I didn't win anything. You didn't Fuck win a single Lamar, thing. Lamar, dude, I gave too much. <laughs> gave too much leash to Lamar. I just, I just gave him too uh, much. I've, I had too much faith. Six yards, bro. That's dude, hilarious, bro. Six yards. That's I hilarious. It. And then Justin Tucker didn't even hit the field. I thought that was a surefire. Yeah, I yeah, know. It's, it's uh, yeah, I, I went to my mom's uh, on Sunday and hung out with her and her boyfriend. Um, and her boyfriend likes to sports bet as well. So we were talking the whole time having some drinks like talking Couple about our generates i know the whole time was like dude i should have followed your line right. i left the night i bet like 60 bucks on the game total like across different bets and i i won 140 bucks Jeez. i'm on my last so. five and uh you best believe it's going towards the super i put on some <laughs> heck yeah seven leg parlay well, there you go man that pat mahomes 0.5 yard oh we're gonna oh yes 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 yeah couple of couple yeah, of, that's yeah hilarious but it was a good weekend all, all in all uh aside from the sports the weather was wins. great yeah 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 it's good to hang out with maggie and the fam so all right let's get to it some other good news that came out from this weekend was the leaked austin fc away kit so it seems to be a little bit of a different vibe um and we're getting a brand new look with a little verde and beige so paul i'll start with you what is your initial thought of this leaked jersey yeah man uh i'm actually a big fan of the more classic understated uh kits uh after i got schooled on why the verde kit is or like the sentimento kit was like so fire even though it was like basically mm-hmm. a t-shirt um <laughs> this is going on the same vein basically of a baseball tee you know circa yeah. 1970 you know um baseball tee style and so i like it though like the colors actually work and yeah. um in just a second, we'll, we'll talk about some of the detailing on that. That kind of makes it stand out a little bit. But yeah, first thought is it's clean. Yeah. Well, Joe, what about you? Uh, honestly, I've always been a big fan of the like tan or beige, whatever you want to call it, uh, ever since uh, my closet favorite team, LAFC, did it back a couple mm-hmm. years. Uh, I just, I just, I don't know. It's just such a clean color to me. It's, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not, I wasn't too big of a fan of the original away kit, the the white one with the All green, whites, the Legends yeah. kit. Yeah, I'm just not too big on. You know, I think white jerseys are just so generic. And Hope Scout agrees. Yeah, he does. Um, <laughs> Good dog. But uh, yeah, I definitely um, I like it. 
I think it's an improvement. Um, hopefully we're successful with it. Yeah. Yeah. It looks clean. I, I like it for that reason. Like to your point, Loja, about the all white kits, I can agree. And in this case, I love like a vanilla, vanilla beige color. I, mm -hmm. It just, hey, I always have in whatever scenario, whether it's like a wall or a, or a shirt or whatever. So I like that. And it looks like it's a different green. Granted, we've only had these, these, uh, EAFC, uh, tiny little picture versions of it, but the it looks to be yeah. like a third shade of green outside of the, the legit variety that we see in the home kit and the sentimental green that we saw or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, it's kind of hard to tell because this is like a rendering from a video game. Right. Um, right. But it does kind of give more of like a hunter or like a forest green. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it looks very Seattle kind of in a way. Not and they went a little green, lighter but... on their jerseys. They went a little bit. Well, they also changed up the colors a little bit, but it definitely yeah. looks they have more of like a bright green. Yeah. And but that's what... kind of been Seattle's like colorway though to be fair you know it's like they they kept it in line with like almost like the seahawks style you For know sure. exactly um, yeah, i feel like exactly. they've incorporated some darker greens in there as well at some point Ish, like some yeah. accents yeah the, the especially accent those colors. xbox days exactly like, I was gonna say, yeah, the xbox yeah, yeah, yeah. Kit. the xbox Clint, that lime green with the with the turquoise some or like the light yeah. blue sky blue yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The, what do y'all think the the short and sock combo is going to be with these or what do y'all want it to be more so I want it to be, I love a good contrast. Like if it was the mm. same color of green, the shorts. Uh, yeah, as the shoulder green. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love that. But I mean, just based off of what we've done with the the first one being white shorts, the Sentimento kits being the tire. Exactly. You know, the same color yeah. green. Mm -hmm. I That's think it's going to fall into that like tan as well with probably green accents like stripes, yeah. you know, the Adidas stripes, whatever. But For sure. I definitely think a majority of it's going to just be tan with the green accents. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking the same that with both of the other away kits. It's been the white jersey. It was all white with green accents. The Sentimento kit, it was all Sentimento with the accents. And, and this one will likely follow suit. I don't see why Adidas and or Austin would switch the the branding up there. Paul, what, right. what would you want it to be? Do you like that contrast too? Yeah, I think I, I would be in favor of of like the darker shorts version. Um, but I think realistically, we'll, we'll probably get, you know, just as we said there uh it'll kind of keep with the base of that like light tan or whatever mm -hmm. um i don't know my big thing is the the fact that they use kind of that alternate logo uh on yeah, this one that i think it's sick. the first time right thank that, you for bringing that, that up they I did that, that and yeah it's it's a it's a good shout you know kind of like as we start to expand on the d d design elements uh that the club offers mm -hmm. um so yeah i think it's yeah cool. yeah and the alternate one for those who can't picture it in their head right now it's pretty much the crest but take away the outline of the whole thing it's like the bad shape of it's gone and it's like just a like shield almost yeah yeah it's just like a green the green shape of the tree with like the fc on it or something mm -hmm. along those lines it looks pretty cool it's very clean um, yeah i always of think like of it blockiness. this is the one that like fits perfectly in like a little circle uh yeah you know it's just kind of like that more rounded exactly silhouette exactly. but yeah. Well, something cool that had been rumored um, about this kit, and, and those rumors are all but confirmed, is that it will have an armadillo armadillo jock tag, um, which many are speculating to be uh, a homage to the Armadillo World Headquarters. Mm -hmm. um, for those who don't know, that is a kind of like Austin legend uh, music and beer hall or music hall and beer garden. Um, from the like 70s. I think it went literally from 1970 to 1980 and then yeah, they were bankrupt. Decade, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, but it really like embodied and inspired the Austin music scene that we know today and like that keep Austin weird sentiment and just mm -hmm. the Austin live music capital of the world vibe. Um, it embodied all those things. So how cool is it that the club is honoring the history and culture of Austin with little details like this? Uh, Lojo, I'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, personally, I didn't know what Armadillo HQ was. Uh, not a native Texan, not a native Austinite. Uh, but I think it's awesome that they are paying homage to the history of the city um, just because I feel like there's a lot of people that don't know about it and it's a good kind of history lesson and learning mm -hmm. about the roots. Now, I, you know, I'm preaching to the choir to, to you know, local yokels right here. Uh, but, you know, I think it's cool sure. because, you know, some of us who haven't been here our entire lives uh, get to learn about some of these places and what it meant to the foundation of Austin and the music scene and kind yeah. of what yeah. this, you know, city was truly built on. Yeah. Paul's facts. Yeah, I think just to to echo that a little bit, I'm a big sucker for like history and just kind of like going back to, you know, some roots here. And especially for a club that's so young, I think the club is doing a really good job of actually reaching, reaching back to like the city's history to kind of like give that feeling of like, you know, we're we're not established from you know we're only this is our fourth year but it's like we're able to reach back to the city's history yeah, on our own exactly you know and kind of like get those elements and incorporate it into like what you know what we do um and i think yeah. that's really cool man I, I think that's just something that you know hearkening back to like willie nelson's like you know first few years here in austin that like he was a big part of uh the armadillo scene um yep and yep. um yeah yeah it's awesome yeah it's cool seeing just looking through the history of again i haven't heard about armadillo world headquarters in a long time just when There's i was some playing good shows youtube around, videos pretty short actually yeah. like a lot of cool. people talked about it like people that book shows and kind of old heads in the austin music scene that would talk about it just as like a uh longing for days past you know when i was playing music around austin a lot um and it was just fun to read through that history again and see like austin names that you just didn't really think of like threadgill for example like yeah Kenneth threadgill mm -hmm. like which is Red Gill's the restaurant that unfortunately closed during COVID, but like he played the very last show there, you know, on like yeah. New Year's Eve, 1980. Um, and so just seeing those names and being reminded of how deeply entrenched music is in Austin's culture from business to um, all of the above. It's awesome. Um, do you, if y'all had to pick like one thing, that's kind of an off the top of the head question, but you know, we've had the grackle, we've had the moon tower, now the armadillo, uh, like, what would be another emblem of Austin that you could think of that could like embody the culture with just a, a small little patch on a Jersey? Don't get me, don't get upset with me if I get this wrong, but is it Daniel Johnson's frog? Is it a frog? The frog high, toad. how are you? Yeah. The, toad. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Like the his, high, how are you? Yeah. Toad. The eyes and the little stance and the eyes all up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah Those yeah. Are little That'd illustrations and stuff. That actually, be right. yeah, that's a good one. I, yeah, honestly, I um, I would I would think of like a Longhorn, honestly. Um, that could be cool just like taking from the university's, um, you know, kind of like uh, design element there. But mm -hmm. I, I know that you know the city kind of also takes that on its yeah. own too. Or it could be like the 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 horns up hand signal, you know. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Like yeah. We'd have we'd have to scrap with the the folks down in Houston a little bit because I know that they used uh, the little universal. Yeah, they hold it down. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, uh, whatever, dude. <laughs> right. It, it's ours. Um, and I have one last, the last question I'll throw out here is how do you think Austin's kit compares to other leaked kits that we've seen? I think there's been like 14 or 16 or something like that, that, that mm -hmm. we've seen. Uh, Paul, I'll start with you. 
well, first and foremost, I think we can all agree that it's better than Miami's kit, uh, which is straight yeah. dog water. Yeah, um, they literally did not try. Uh, they just kind of hit shuffle on a randomizer and we're like, that, that's good. Yeah. Um, I'm actually, we just talked about them a little bit earlier, but like uh, Seattle's kit mm-hmm. is also, I think I would put up there uh, in terms of these, these yeah. uh, kind of vibe. designs. Yeah, it's definitely a more retro. I like the pinstripe. I like that they're incorporating, you know, that new um, logo rebrand. Um, so yeah. yeah, they'll look, they'll look nice on, on the field, but yeah, that's pretty much it. The the one thing that I'm jealous of, so like looking at RSLs, for example, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Like it's not my favorite jersey of all time, but the little mountaintop with the right. line across like the chest right there, that's sick. Mm-hmm. Like the peak of the mountain. Yeah. I'm I'm excited for a time where Austin kind of hits that reset and starts playing with textures in that way. Like the yeah. uh the mountain, for example. Um, we have the kind of squigglies on the Red Bulls. I don't like that necessarily, but that's just a thing they've done. The mm-hmm. the kind of flag-esque wave of the lines on New England's jersey is cool. Right. It's kind of like a waving flag. Like that idea is sick. Like I'm curious to see what Austin does as they're, you know, once they start playing with textures a bit. Yeah. That's the only thing that I think is lacking from Austin's. You know, I don't hate me, but I kind of like the Red Bulls one. Kind of gave me vibes back to uh, that red and black that Manchester yeah. City did a couple. That's years that's ago. a bold take uh, in my opinion. Did, yeah. <laughs> they, but I mean, I like Austin. Having, I feel like I'm having a seizure when I look at it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you just got to squint. You got to squint. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I feel like Austin's is pretty run of the mill. There, there's nothing crazy. Now there were some like daring ones, like Colorado definitely went out there with a design. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think with like textures and just different designs. I think RSL, RSL really kind of hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I definitely don't like Galaxies. I feel like that's just very basic. And they, is there with the sash? They have the sash. Yeah, they, they, they have, have like the, the OG sash. Design, yeah, they've so they got like kinda, kinda, yeah. And then Toronto's. Toronto's looks like a, uh, yeah. like, it looks like <laughs> the stock, like if uh, EAFC just gave you like a stock jersey you started yeah. your like player with. Like exactly. that's what it looks like. This little weird shield. Yeah, outlines and that one's probably one of the worst ones for me. Yeah, I know literally nothing about any other team's little uh, jock tag that they have on it. But what I like about the crossover between the like baseball, like 70s style baseball shirt and the armadillo world HQ is that 70s vibe. Like it really fits Mm -hmm. the baseball. It it would be really good as like retro streetwear too. you know, like you could wear it out on the, you know, out out and about at the the domain, bro. That's it. <laughs> Pull it to the rose room again. You know. All right. Well, let's move on to uh to a fun little discussion about our 2024 heartbeat of Austin wish list. So uh the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, they have Taylor Swift, New York and LA, they have Celebrity Row at all their games. Austin has the heartbeat of Austin. So uh, there are tons of celebrities either from Austin or who have made Austin their home uh, to choose from here. So let's just get to it. Who is on your 2024 heartbeat of Austin wishlist? It could be one name that you want to focus on. It could be multiple. Just let, let's get to it. Lojo, I'm going to start with you because we were talking definitely about Definitely for it. me, my top one right now, uh, I'm definitely going with Jordan Whittington. I've just oh, got a soft shit. spot for that guy. That, explain who that is. Quero, for, dude. Jordan Whittington is a receiver for, yes, one of the, he's a gobbler, baby. Um, he's a receiver or a former receiver for the uh, – 
Texas Longhorns. Texas Longhorns. Wow. Got this. There for a second. I was about to, <laughs> go I was go trying to start not to say Dallas Cowboys just because I'm just like hoping. Man, yeah. Hope. Hope. <laughs> uh, but no, he's just like he just embodies like he loves Austin. He like he loves the University of Texas and he loves Bevo. Uh, that boy's country as shit. Yeah, is that right? <laughs> yeah, we have Vince Young Anything last with year, those. right? So, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think that connection, that connection with university already. is good. Yeah, but, you know, just some guys like that or Bijan. I'd love yeah, that. Some Coach UT Sark. Kids. Yeah. Uh, Coach That's Sark would be fun, for Coach sure. Coach Sark would be pretty cool, man. Or even like the UT women's soccer coach. I'm sorry that I don't know their Ange name. Ange Kelly? But yes, thank you. Ange Kelly. Yeah. Like, that could be cool. It's yeah, absolutely. Cross-sport collab. But Paul, what about you, man? Yeah, so... Thinking like non-sports related, and I think someone that would be like a, a big profile. And I'm also, I should add, uh, thinking about like the NWSL to Austin movement and like who would be almost like willing to like play double duty there. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking uh, none other than Jonathan Van Ness uh, from the Queer <laughs> Eye Gang. <laughs> That's um, awesome, dude. <laughs> That's because, yeah, and like I know that- Wait, JVN's he, in Austin still? I, I Yeah, I think I he think moved he here. Is, yeah, he, moved, he, he about moved, that. yeah, during the pandy, uh, right? After they filmed season yeah. six, yeah, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah, I think you're right. That's crazy. Years back, but um, he definitely has, yeah, a good following, and I think that would be such a fun, you know, like uh, NWSL <laughs> franchise owner yeah. there. But, um, but yeah, what about I you? I like that. I like that one, man. Um, I kind of stayed on the the athlete train, but a little different perspective. So, um, mm. honestly, dude, I think it would be the hardest shit of all time to have six foot eight undertaker up on that thing before no, let's game, go. just smashing the shit out of that drum. Uh, right. he's, he's always at UT games like the Saturday, uh, Bevo Boulevard celebrations at, in front of LBJ. Nice. He's there every Saturday, pretty much. If we have a home game, just going hard. Like he's Austin through and through now. Uh, we got, we got to get the, uh, hell's bells playing too. Uh, with yeah. him either coming or leaving. Yeah. That yeah that'd be awesome. Get, get that going, Paul, on the horns. And you know uh, what? You know another one that I'm surprised we haven't gotten so far, especially since he does shows at Q2? Who? How we not have oh, Willie obviously. Yeah. How we Who? Yeah, Willie. Who? Oh, the man yeah. himself. Yeah. Right? Who? Oh, I didn't Mr. hear you, G. Literally, Mr. Ver- you were like, Mr. Verde we, himself. We... Mr. Verde himself. <laughs> yeah, seriously, though. <laughs> have we had, this is a totally a noob question. Have we had uh, Gary Clark? I can't yeah. remember. Okay, that's what uh, I think well, so. Gary Clark Jr. Yeah, Gary Clark Jr. Uh, yeah. yeah. I thought Gary so, Clark but I couldn't Jr. remember. Um, another name, the, the, the 1B on my list was Frodo. Half Frodo up there, Elijah Wood. <laughs> I think he's still in Austin. He was for like a decade. If he's not still. Yeah. But having Frodo up there, he's that's like, boy. He's, he's shorter than me. I feel good. Right. <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> like the one ring to rule them all, dude. That'd be That's awesome. It. I still haven't seen those movies. I'm, I'm... All right. We're going to stop that conversation <laughs> right there then. And uh, <laughs> take a quick break <laughs> before we get back for our second half discussion on the media's perception of Austin FC and why we should be optimistic. back <laughs> uh and it's time to bring out the laminator boys mls pundits have cast heavy doubt on austin in 2024 i'm across the board they keep doubting us so let's look at why um starting with tommy bogues tommy b tom bogert uh tom the says stash. austin the, the the walrus himself 
yeah. uh, says that Austin is nowhere near ready to compete for the playoffs and needs high-level attackers and starting caliber players across the back line. But nothing is more important than replacing Emiliano Rigoni for Austin FC in 2024. I will say to listeners, all of this is paraphrased from like articles and things I've said the last couple months. So mm-hmm. general Available paraphrase. Available on MLSsoccer.com. Yeah. yeah, if you go to MLSsoccer.com, you'll see it. So, Lojo, I'm going to start with you. What yeah. do you have to say about this? What Tommy B says? I mean, they are, they're able to have their own opinions. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think we're going to be as bad as we were last season. I truly don't. I, I think we get some pieces back, you know, where they're supposed to be. Drew C has a little bit of a bounce back. Um, you know, I don't know why we keep forgetting that Ragoni really start, ended the season pretty well. Yeah, once he started I think he had a strong end of that season. Yeah, I don't know why we keep. And then we've got Ethan Finley, you know, alongside him. I'm, I don't know. And then you know we have we've added uh, Obreon. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Obi. I I don't understand. You know, if we truly are committed to riding that ship, I I don't get it. But you know what? It it helped last time, and it it really kind of got the team going. That we were doubted. You know, they kept doubting us. Um, so Indeed. hopefully it does the same thing this last se- this season. You know, let's bring out that laminator. I can smell it heating up as as we're talking. Yes, sir. Paul, what about you, man? What do you think? Yeah, I think for me, honestly, I like I I, I like that we use the meme of the laminator, but I, I think for me, what I would really like to see is this team not need external motivators um in order to like bring out for the sure. best in themselves, for you sure. know. Um yeah, that yeah. said, um I know like the team has been pretty good actually this off season or preseason uh, making some of the media availability um, readily available for us. And I, I noticed even just today, the, the day that we're recording, um, you know, Josh went on the mic and, and kind of spoke about the fact that like, it's not so much an issue of like attacking prowess as it is more so needing to shore up defensively and, and leaking goals, you know, yeah. um, that we need to work on. So I think, you know, the pundits will say what they will say and we're going to go through some of those takes. But I think at the end of the day, like um, we just have to continue to trust the process and understand that this league is built on parity and everyone's got a equal footing to start off good or not good. And we just go from there. Yeah. Yeah. I agree there. And I think too, I mean, Tom has a point and we've said this ourselves, like we still need some pieces on this team specifically in defense. Um, mm-hmm. And and obviously we need another striker or two, like, we're not, our roster is nowhere near complete, right? Right. But to say that, you know, we're not even looking toward the playoffs with how we're, how we're looking as a roster right now is, is pretty ridiculous in my opinion. And, and, and I do want to say in defense of Rigoni, you, people can say he was bad, but it's not like our team was great. And he was the one that the one person that was like an outlier. Like we Amen. had, right. we had 49 goals on the year. Most yeah. of our players were injured at some point or another. Uh, in the natural pecking order of how we want our offense to look in terms of like scoring output, it played out how we want. Dreesy had the most. He had like 11 goals and four assists, I think. The team mm-hmm. scored 49 goals total. Ragoni had five goals and four assists. He was next in line, tied-ish with Zardes, who had around nine-ish goal contributions, roughly, right? So it's like right. in the natural pecking order, that's what you want. You want Dreesy to be the top guy. You want Ragoni and Zardes or another striker to be 2A, 2B and go from there. That's exactly what happened. Our offense yeah. was just bad all around, right? Yeah. So, true. Granted, you know, people can say, "Well, it's because Ragoni and because of Zardes and because of yada yada." Maybe so, 
but it's probably more so because of injuries to guys like Driussi, injury right. out of position play by guys like Rink, who really contributed in 2022, injuries across the back line that made players have to play more defensive, yada, yada, right? I won't go mm -hmm. any further than that. But there is something to say about how things panned out, even given the circumstances for Ragoni. Um, look, moving on to Matt Doyle, what he has to say is similar, but Austin FC is far from a playoff contender, and that time is running out. But do y'all think time is actually running out? That was that was my question about this quote. Like, what is time? We are literally about to be season four. Like, you know, right. we're, we're we're. I don't understand. Was it in time. reference to? Because this is the one I did not read up uh, on. But was he referring to specifically like maybe timeout on Josh Wolf? Because I I could understand it, that. So yeah, right. let me add some context. So it's specifically he wrote this at the beginning or like early mid January of this year, if I'm okay. not mistaken. So he was talking about. The, specifically this off season. So mm, okay. time is running out for our team to be ready come match day one, in right. just about three and a half weeks or so. But at that point it was, you know, six weeks away from match day one. Yeah. So is time actually running out given where we're at with our roster and how close we are to match day one? Um, I hope that adds some clarity, Paul, if you want to add your thoughts yeah. there. Yeah. I think it's always important to remember, you know, for, for the listener that knows the MLS well, or, or for the listener that doesn't know, and is just getting started on the MLS that this is like, this will be a long season, you know, strap in, it's going to be a long ride. Um, and that at any point, you know, like you look at teams like SKC, you know, who just last year, they started off on a miserable, you know, 10 game winless stretch. Um, yep. you know, you had teams that, you know, they, they just, it's all about finding your form in, in different pockets throughout the season. And I think, you know, folks that are writing things like, you know, your time's up or whatever, uh, unless you're just absolutely abysmal, you know, like ending the season, not, you know, missing playoffs. And then you just continue to like struggle uh, heading into the new season. Right. That's, right. you know, maybe we can talk then, but, you know, obviously we missed out last uh, postseason, but I think we're we're doing the addition by subtraction in our roster build, and I think we're going to start to see some things, um, you know, some promising things come this next batch of uh, preseason games. And I don't know. I think I think we have a reason to be optimistic. Yeah, Lojo, do you have anything to add there? No, uh, I mean this is a league of parity as well. Anything can happen. Um, just stay. You know, you just got to be consistent with it. I mean, with so many different. Goals and objectives throughout the season, CONCACAF, Open Cup, Leagues Cup. You know, yep. teams, the, the focus is not always on the MLS Cup with most teams. I mean, there obviously that's an objective, but, you know, some teams may just go all in for one of those other ones, get a CONCACAF berth and be yeah. cool with it. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it, there's always a chance. Yeah. Yeah. There's, an, there's something to play for, whether yeah. it's regular season now, Open Cup later, Leagues Cup even later, right? Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, y'all covered all the bases. It's a long season and I know that's something that's thrown around by a lot of people from within the team and, and outside of it, but it truly is. And looking at teams like SKC and their performance, looking at Houston and how they retooled their roster and just two, two and a half uh, transfer windows. And we're all of a sudden competing again a year later. Yeah. I mean, that's ideally what we look at, um, for a template for success. Uh, and, and lastly here, Tom. I'm going to go with Tom Siegel because it sounds funny. He's another MLS writer. He argues that even Josh Wolf doesn't think Austin is ready for the season. And so I don't know if y'all had a chance to read through this one fully, but 
he's specifically referencing Josh Wolf's uh, media availability a few weeks ago, talking about the state of the roster and how we have maybe 14, 15 guys who are, you know, competing for spots with maybe six or seven MLS next pro guys. And so he essentially took what Josh Wolf said in that and paraphrased it to say, even he thinks Austin's not ready. So Lojo, do you agree with that statement? Uh, I think we really do have to see, you know, go out there and see what we have. Um, and no, I mean, we're still going to be looking to bring in pieces. So obviously we're not hundred percent ready to go day one. Right. But I don't think that's a bad thing. I think we're still going to go out there and be competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think we'll be a, uh, you know, a complete form yeah. day one. Totally. Yeah. The transfer window is open through like April and then it opens right. again in June. Right. There's right. only a two month lull where we can't bring in players. Exactly. So we have a lot of time. Paul. Yeah, I think I think that's the big thing. And I know it's been said already uh, where it's just a matter of finding finding your form, you know, on the later half of, of the season. You're going to hear folks talk about that. And starting off is always good, you know, especially if um you feel like the team is in contention of like really gunning for like a supporter shield type finish, mm-hmm. you know, but if, if it's us that are just looking to retool and kind of get back into the mix of, of the playoff hunt, yeah. um, then it's really just making sure that we're like, like Lojo said, being competitive and um, making sure that we're doing what we can to scrap points where we can. Right. Right. <clears throat> and without knowing results and seeing the team on the field, um, really all we can look at is, is kind of, what's happening behind the scenes and, and what's happening around the, the, uh, the team come preseason now. So flipping the script a bit, what, what, what makes this, what makes us optimistic going into this year? Uh, why should we ignore these pundits and, you know, look within Austin for optimism? Uh, and I guess I'll start one by referencing Eric Goodman's article. He put out at the end of last year, going into the, the off season, uh, and literally had 10 reasons for Austin FC optimism. So if y'all, if y'all look through that, um, what in that speaks to you? What, what, what makes you optimistic about that? Whether it's Goodman's article or, or other things. We're, we're healthy right now. We're going in to the so, season with what we have. It's, as I just said, we, it's not what we're going to finish the season with probably, but we have the place, the pieces in place. We're not, we don't have ring and center back. We, mm-hmm. You know, and and we also have had a little bit of reality check. You know, we got slapped sure. in the face, and hopefully we can respond and we have something to react. And yeah. we're not we're not really sitting on a high horse, which I kind of feel like we did. You know, after twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Individually, you know, players are taking that and saying, "I need to be better. I don't want to do that again." Paul, number number ten. Yes, sir. <laughs> Paul. Yeah, I think I think um, referring back to the Goodman article. Um, his top three, which I would argue are are pretty spot on there, um, starting with the third point, uh, Danny P's development. So Daniel Pereira's mm-hmm. development as a midfielder, um, I think is going to be key. Uh, yep. Rodolfo Burrell's vision, you know, as sporting director is going to be massive as we move forward in um, incoming uh, transfer windows. And then obviously our 10, you know, Sebastian Drew, you see his, um, artistry, his ability to you know, score goals, assist goals and all that stuff. Those are, those are three things there that, um, you know, pundits can write what they want to write or whatever, but like we've seen it proven, you know, uh, back in 22, granted the the roster looked a little bit differently, but a lot of the core group is still there. 
you know, so with a little bit of retooling um, and just a little bit of guidance from from Josh and 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 uh, the staff, I think I think we're gonna go back to what we remember in you know two years ago. Agreed, man. Yeah, and it, where my optimism comes from uh, actually comes from the horse's mouth itself from Roto. He uh, as of today, there was a that ESPN article that's going around where Roto was interviewed mm-hmm. in November, and then you know add some context by the writer. Um, I think Roto finding his stride in MLS when it comes to the roster rules, when it comes to um, scouting in the U.S. and kind of like assessing strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, a little SWOT analysis he's probably done multiple times since he got here, you know, and and um, really refining his scouting at all levels um, of the Austin FC pyramid. Um, I think that's going to play huge, pay huge dividends for us as mm-hmm. a team going into the summer and especially going into next offseason and seeing where our talent is and um, within the, the team already from U12s up and then also from the guys we bring in. So I think, you know, let Roto cook. We've said it all off season, the whole off season, off the full, whole fan base has been saying it, but truly he's sharing from himself. Like mm-hmm. he's getting ready to cook up some goodness. So it's exciting. Man. You're ready for yeah. stoppage time. Let's do it. Let's do it. Cool. So, you know, big news of the week. Uh, Damian Loss, future number one goalkeeper for Austin FC, uh, has his contract extended through 2027 and was officially loaned to Louisville City of USL for the season. Lojo, what are your thoughts? I'm excited. I've been on the Loss train for a while now, and this is that next step. Yes, the the gap between uh, Next Pro and MLS uh, is the USL. And w- who better to go to than the reigning champs? Yep. Yep. So Paul, what about you? Yeah. Uh upvote on that as well. I mean, Damien has shown his ability, you know, in next pro, and he's just gonna continue to to scrap for the starting spot over there at Louisville. And um all the best to him. I just I think I'm I'm so excited that we we have him for four more years. Yeah. Yeah. The timing really works out for hypothetically Stuber's um decline, you know, as he gets older and, and his contract right. ending. So as he hit, you know, falls out of contract and Loss comes back to Austin. Inevitably. Inevitably. Yeah, it's going to happen. We hate to see it, but it's going to happen. Austin FC will live stream the Coachella Invitational match against LA Galaxy on February 11th. It'll be on their website, austinfc.com. And I think it's the first and maybe only um, uh, game that we'll be able to watch. So, Paul, what are your thoughts there? Are you excited? Yeah, I think anytime we get a chance to watch our, our club in action. It's, it's a good time, you know, um, especially uh, specifically against galaxy. We, we might know a player over there that we want to see, you know, yeah. uh, go down yeah. and, um, yeah. Ricky Puig. Ricky Page. Right. Yeah. 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 Ricky. That's Puig, who we're talking right. about. Yeah. But yeah. Will you be watching? I'm just, I'm just excited. For, yeah. I'm just here to absorb all Austin FC gameplay. Inject so. it. Yeah. Inject that right in my face. I'm starving for it right now. Good little foreplay too for the opening, the first game of the year. You know, yes. Give us that, and we have to wait 13 days. Just like, come on, dude, I'm ready. Right. It's exciting, man. Uh, Austin F- uh, Austin Rise FC have signed Rahedia Salea as their new head coach. Uh, Paul, can you give us a little more info about him? Yeah. So um, Salea looks like you know someone that has a bit of a. a 
like just a good resume uh has worked with you know skc for a bit i think most recently here locally uh also working with local um academy you know Fliggerville fc yep. uh and so it's it's cool to see someone that is willing to come down share share his talents and stuff like that um with the the austin rise and hopefully um he'll leading lead him on to um to a good season this year yeah yeah it's good timing too to kind of elevate the uh the head coach there especially given you know the fallout going into the their first season with their head coach they brought in to do the same you know right um having Rahedia come in and and really elevate them as they've kind of become more amateur semi-pro with the league changing it's awesome um lojo site visits for fifa women's world cup begin U.S. Mexico site visit is visit is February 26th through 29th, and the final decision will be made by May 17th. What are your thoughts here? What type of venues do they think do you think they focus on? I think they're definitely going to take examples of where they uh, the game's popular for the men, uh, and try to maybe find local uh, facilities there. Mm-hmm. Something like Dallas, Houston, yeah. Uh, Monterey, California California is yeah. probably definitely a big place I mean they've got several teams out there on the west coast as well yeah for sure Paul what about you yeah I think um I would argue yeah Cali, Cali for sure is going to be big and then um I'm, well, yeah, there's there's two other options that they're that they're um considering right two other sites outside of the U.S. Aren't there three options for them? The U.S., Mexico, then there's like Sweden or something like that, and then another Brazil. Yeah, that's a. Good, I can't remember exactly what. Pretty sure what, there is. What the other one was. Regardless, it's not yeah. all said and done. There's there's some that we'll know for sure by May. There's three different site visits, one of which is right. U.S. Mexico. So curious to see how that goes, and it'd be good. I mean, it'd be amazing for U.S. soccer to have men's World Cup, women's World Cup, all the other yeah. international tournaments coming back to back action. Yep. Yeah. Uh, moving on, the 2026 World Cup venue announcements are on February 4th. So speaking of which, we'll know exactly where the games are happening for the the Men's World Cup. What are you all hoping to see? Uh, I'd love to see I, Mexico down in here in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, yeah, the big news for me is actually having the final uh, possibly here in, in Dallas or Arlington, I guess, you know, Jerry's world. Yeah. Um, cause I mean, that's, that's going to be big, you know, yeah. I'll do whatever it takes to, uh, to get to that final for sure. I'd rather go to Houston cause I'm a lifelong Texans fan. So NRG. <laughs> I mean, that'd be tight too, but anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and let's close it out here with, uh, Ooh, this is fun. So the Premier League is set to pass a ruling that would require referees to explain VAR decisions to fans during the match. Uh, this would start as early as next year. Paul, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I think this is a move in the right direction as far as just like giving folks an, uh, a better understanding of like why these calls are made. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, the calls are still going to get made and uh yeah. I think it just helps for that transparency part, but, um, you know, will it help some of these more controversial, you know, decisions that have been playing out affecting matches? I don't know. Right. Fans are still going to be mad as fuck when their, their call gets overturned. It's even if it's it's still, um, you know, Anthony Taylor messing up some, somewhere. Ah, Exactly. This this reminds you of the NBA, right? 
like how it does doing it now and i'm glad paul went there because i was my point was going to be i can't wait for anthony taylor to go out there and have to explain his dumb ass call in front of everyone and explain how fucking stupid he is 60 i'm ready for it yeah i i want i want to hear him justify his just ridiculous yeah well right because they'll probably have calls if they uphold a call that clearly should be overturned by var they're gonna have to explain why right like hypothetically so a lot of that's gonna be crazy a lot of a lot of lot of wanker getting uh, (laughs) thrown around those stadiums yeah Mm -hmm. they already don't like anthony taylor at the bridge so i mean obviously yeah yeah, but it is in line with other major leagues like the NFL and NBA, you know, the biggest league in their sports. Um, they do similar, you know, where they explain calls and, and they have the new challenge system in the NBA where they explain why it's been overturned or upheld to the stadium right. live and it's shown on TV. Right. It's transparency in that way that makes it easier for referees to to uphold their integrity. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. See if MLS does the same. All right, y'all, let's wrap this up. Uh, we appreciate y'all kicking it with us on this week's episode of the Very Dependent Podcast. I've been Logan Bartlett. Catch me on Twitter at LowBarVHLM. I'm Logan Jones. You can always find me at the Lolo Jones. And this is Paul. You can catch me at Paul Andrew FC. And I think that's his government name, but we'll have to check Might on be. that. Um, and make sure to keep the chatter going online by following at the Very Dependent on Twitter. We appreciate y'all as always. We're so excited for the start of the season where we don't have to make up random shit to talk about anymore. Um, <laughs> what do you mean? This has all been intentional, G? I, I'm kidding. It's, it has been intentional, and, <laughs> and, and we've been very happy to do it and, and yes. happy that y'all have been engaging with us. So that's an episode, y'all. Peace. Bye. Bye. Good stuff. I liked it. Oh, why are you screaming at me? Oh, my God.